Hello again, and thanks for checking us out on the Main Question podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lisnett. 10,000 people. That is the number of Americans, give or take, that are turning 65 years of age every day in this country. A staggering number in many ways. The United States is an aging country in terms of its population, and nowhere is that trend more profound than it is in the state of Maine. We are the oldest state in the country, with the highest percentage of people over the age of 65. But reaching that milestone age is a lot different than it was for previous generations. Many people 65 and older are active, they continue working, they're healthier and live longer than ever before. Len Kay has spent much of his career studying these trends. He's the director of the Center on Aging at the University of Maine and a professor in the School of Social Work, where he's involved in policy formation, research and program development for Maine's older adults. He's our guest for this episode where we tackle the question, what are the challenges and opportunities that come along with being the oldest state in the nation? Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure to be here. Maybe just give us an idea on some of the demographics. One um, figure I heard was 10,000 people in this country are turning 65 every day. Is that possible? You wouldn't think it was possible, but indeed it is, uh, and it's unprecedented. Never in the history of, of this country uh, has uh, the explosion in aging been so visible. So you're exactly right. Every 24 hours, uh, 10,000 individuals approximately celebrate their 65th birthday, and that boils down to about 50 Mainers every 24 hours turning 65. That seems like an astounding number to someone who's not uh, doesn't um, you know deal with this every day. What does it mean to you? What it means to me is that finally uh, older adults will be on the radar screen. For too for too long they've been an invisible uh, uh, force uh, that's uh, been if not swept under the rug certainly uh, avoided. Uh, uh, on the part of policymakers and program planners and the general public. I mean, they've been virtually invisible and not recognized and factored in when decisions are made in this country. Maybe talk about Maine versus the nation. What, what is the average age? How fast are we aging? And how do we compare to the rest of the developed world or, or other countries? Maine, like every other uh, state in the nation, is, is aging rapidly. However, we're ahead of the curve. And the fact is we're the oldest state in the nation based on uh, the, the median age statistic. We're approaching 20% of the state's population, uh, 65 years of age and over. Uh, the median age of Mainers is uh, approaching 45 years Again, both ranked number one in the nation. And finally, we have the largest proportion of baby boomers anywhere in the nation. That is, individuals born between 1946 and 1964, just like myself. We all, the boomers, began turning 65 uh, now a number of years ago. Uh, But we are now rapidly uh, becoming that cohort of older adults that we have to plan for and shape policies around. So Maine is, in many ways, at the epicenter of this trend. So sort of our big question we like to ask in a lot of these podcasts is, uh, and for this particular one, 
What are the advantages of that, and what are the challenges uh, associated with that trend? That's a great question, uh, and uh, it depends on how you speak to in terms of whether this represents a, an alarming development or one that has promise and uh, has the ability to create new opportunities for us. I'm in, my glass is half full because I believe strongly that the growing older adult population creates new opportunities for the state in terms of uh, new uh, industries, uh, new uh, work opportunities that older adults can potentially fill into the future, uh, new service sectors that open up that you cannot, at least that I can think of, you cannot identify a single industry that won't be impacted by an aging population. So we will have, we will, as long as our eyes are open and we're ready to respond, we have the opportunity to, to advance uh, in, in those areas of the economy that can serve older adults. It's called the longevity economy. That is the production of goods and services for individuals 50 years of age and over. And, and so with Maine sort of uh, at, the, at the front edge of this, Maine has a chance to innovate as the country gets older. Things that need to be done because of that will, will be innovated here first and give Maine a, an advantage in a way? I sure would like to think so. We're a living laboratory. We have the opportunity to set the standard, uh, to, to innovate, to be involved in, in research and development, uh, to develop new products and services and technologies uh, and test them here in a, in a setting that is more personalized, uh, where we have face-to-face -face, uh, opportunities to interact with older adults. Uh, it's, a, it's a small state of 1.3 million people, uh, and uh, some 230,000 of those individuals are 65 and over. But uh, we have so many small towns and, and uh, local communities where we can be face-to-face -face and interact personally with older adults. Maybe you can talk about some of the, the terms that uh, we use that are outdated or the ones that are current now and the language that's most appropriate. You know, we think of the elderly, senior citizens, nursing homes versus uh, other terms. So what, what, are the, what are the terms that should be dropped now and, and what, what should we be using to, to talk about this? That's a terrific question. And you know, it depends on what day of the week we're, we're on or in uh, to, to really uh, be up on top of what terminology is acceptable and not, what's politically correct and not. And it's difficult because it changes. But words are important. Language is, is, uh, has a great impact on people. So I will tell you uh, that uh, surveys indicate that older adults tend not to want to be identified as seniors. Uh, or elderly. Uh, uh, we use here, when we prepare our reports and our, our policy papers, we use older adults as, a ter as terminology. Uh, we don't use senior citizens. Uh, nursing homes is a, is a formal designation of a particular uh, facility, and so that, that's acceptable. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think in general, we're increasingly sensitive 
uh, to not segregate, separate out older people from others, uh, to recognize that it's simply one point or one range in a long lifespan uh, that uh, people move through from, from birth to death. So maybe talk about the, this demographic older adults, and make sure we get that, that term uh, correct there, uh, versus previous generations. What are they doing that's different from previous generations? Working longer? Are they more active? Do they travel more? Uh, second careers? All, all of that. Is, is there a, a big difference in what's happening today? I think so. I think uh, they're doing every single thing that you just mentioned. Older adults today are more active, more engaged, uh, uh, healthier. Uh, uh, they're working longer uh, than ever before. The, the re- trend toward early retirement has reversed itself, and that's now fully established over the past 10 years. Uh, so older adults are remaining in the workforce or returning to the workforce. They're, they're engaging in what we call encore careers. They travel more uh, and spend more money uh, in leisure activities than any other age group. Uh, They have more disposable income than any other age group uh, in this country. And uh, they are baby boomers. You're looking at one of them. Uh, And so uh, I've mentioned everything they're doing that could be seen as positive, but realize it's not all it's not all positive. The fact is, even though we're living longer, the older adults of today, of today have higher rates of, of drug and alcohol abuse uh, than previous generations. Uh, the boomers were the risk taker, takers and the troublemakers of, of the past. Uh, and uh, they used drugs when they were younger. They drank alcohol. And that's coming back to haunt them to some degree now. Why, why the change? Are people living longer and being healthier later in life? Is that part of it? Even though some older adults have bad habits, as we all do, uh, our health care is, is uh, better than it's and, and superior and of higher quality than it ever has been before. Uh, we worry a bit more about our nutrition uh, and our eating habits than ever before, and we know more about what we need to do to stay healthy than ever before. I know you you talked about some um, hot button issues that are that uh, I'm sure come across your bow quite often, uh, and maybe you could talk about some of these um, making healthcare and higher education more age friendly, local communities making them more uh, in tune with what older adults need. Can you, can you talk about what that looks like? Well, there's a bold movement afoot, uh, and uh, it's called the Age Friendly or Livable Community Movement. And it is one active and very pronounced and increasingly visible phenomenon. And, and I'm pretty proud to say that the state of Maine has more designated age-friendly communities than any other state in the nation. We rank number one on a number of measures. And so the AARP designation of age-friendly applies to tens of dozens of Maine towns. Again, more than any other state in the union. Uh, an age-friendly community is responsive to the needs of older adults. It uh, has the infrastructure, uh, it it has the opportunities for engagement, 
It has access to services and health care uh, at, at a level which ensures that older adults can grow old more healthy, feeling more safe, and having higher quality of life. So that's a, 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 a very pronounced movement, very visible. The Center on Aging is working with these age-friendly communities. We evaluate them, and they're making a real difference. Besides what you talked about, why is Maine a, a good place to be an older adult? Is it, is it beyond what you just talked about? Is, are there other factors? Well, you and I know what those factors are. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if, if we didn't appreciate them. Uh, uh, it's, it, relatively speaking, it's, it's safe and safer than most states to live in. Uh, we have our pristine forests and waterways. Uh, we have... We have a, an appreciation for balancing, I think, a little more effectively work and, and family, uh, personal and professional responsibilities. Uh, and and uh, the cost of living, e even though it's, it places demands on all of us, relatively speaking, it's less severe than in other states in the country. I know one of the uh, issues you talked about that is some, uh, an issue to worry about a little bit is isolation and disconnection. How best to combat those things that are happening to too many older adults? So you've raised, I think, what I would call public enemy number one when it comes to aging successfully, and that is the risk of, of someone as they grow older becoming isolated and lonely and detached from the hustle and bustle of daily life. And it's happening more often than, than you and I would, would have believed it could. Some 40 to 50% of older adults feel, feel isolated and lonely at some point in time. That's worrisome. Uh, technology hasn't resolved that. In fact, we're more isolated today than in, in any, any point in time in the past. Uh, it's especially a risky uh, situation in rural states like Maine, which is the most rural state in the nation. And so uh, uh, this is a focal point now. It's considered a grand challenge. It's considered uh, one of the major issues that needs to be addressed if older adults will be able to enjoy quality of life. How, how best to solve it? What, what are some of the, the, the ways to, to, to battle that? This is a tough one. It's a tough one uh, because you don't, want to, you don't want to intrude on someone's life if they've chosen to live a solitary existence. Uh, so you need, to met, you need to determine whether uh, someone wants to be in that situation or not. Uh, let us say we discover that someone does not, then there are several ways in which you can, you can respond. Number one, we need to create uh, uh, opportunities for older adults to stay connected through volunteering, through civic engagement, through work opportunities. Uh, we need to help older adults find the way to give back and contribute to society. And so that doesn't have to be costly. That's not a program that costs money. That's, that's inviting individuals to volunteer their time and energy to make their communities better places in which to live. We need to embrace them and, and, and 
reach out and encourage them to, to do that. Uh, we need to offer services, though, that can also go into the homes and help them uh, manage better in those homes so that they can age in place. That's, a, that's terminology that's very common now. Uh, we know that 80 to 90% of older adults want to remain in their homes. And older adults who are isolated run the risk of prematurely being institutionalized because they can't live safely and healthfully in their own homes. And so we need to intervene through the delivery of services that are accessible and available to people in their homes and local communities. So the University of Maine Center on Aging, which, which you're the director of, talk about the work it does, its mission. What, what, do you, what difference ultimately do you hope is made here? We have a, a very challenging uh, 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 mission. Uh, it's, it's far-reaching. Uh, sometimes we, we think, uh, we wonder how possibly we can, we can, uh, we can satisfy or, or realize that mission. But we've, we've, we've stuck to it because we believe strongly that the Center on Aging should, be the, should provide education, conduct research, and deliver services uh, to, to students preparing for careers in aging, to older adults in the community who want to engage in lifelong learning and, and stay engaged through volunteer activities. Uh, and, we, and, we do, and we want to do research that is, has meaning, that has practical value, that doesn't gather dust on the shelf. And so our, our research is, is, uh, is, is very uh, service uh, and, and, and community-related. It speaks to what kinds of services are most effective and efficiently delivered. Uh, we talk about ways in which we can most effectively uh, prepare students to, for careers in aging. Uh, so it's a mix of education, research, and service that we're engaged in. So you obviously intersect with the curriculum of, of many uh, students at UMaine in many disciplines, and there, like you alluded to, there's career opportunities with an aging population. They need all these services and all these things you talk about. So there are jobs there. Oh, more jobs than uh, uh, than you you would think. Uh, healthcare and and caring for older adults has been projected now for a number of years to be one of the fastest growing uh, sectors of the workplace. Uh, second only perhaps techno to te technology and engineering. Uh, they both rank extremely high. And so uh, we have the opportunity and the likelihood in Maine of really becoming a, a service sector economy. And, and services for older adults will figure strongly into that. Remember, the longevity economy uh, the production of goods and services for older adults is the, the name of the game into the future. Uh, Maine will fill that void uh, and serve as a, a living example of how to care uh, uh, ethically and responsibly uh, and uh, effectively uh, into the future. And, and we'll, we'll present a model, I think, that, that other states can learn from. Uh, 
you know, growing up, I always thought of people who were retiring as they would head for Florida. I'm not going to argue that Florida isn't an attractive retirement destination for many individuals. All depends on your taste, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm not headed there anytime soon. I like the Four Seasons, and I like what Maine has to offer, and, and I'm not alone. Uh, there are older adults who are here, and they're here because they want to be. Uh, the real question is, is retirement still a relevant term? Are people really retiring? Uh, remember, people are working longer than ever before. Remember uh, the opportunity to volunteer and to be engaged in civic activities is a critical way in which older adults stay engaged and active. Uh, I less and less see individuals who resemble the traditional retiree. Uh, more and more, what I see are older adults, even after they've left the workplace, who have active schedules, uh, they have a structured day, they have appointments left and right, uh, and they are engaged and active and involved uh, doing what they enjoy. And so, are they retired? Uh, I'm not sure it's, it remains a term that accurately describes uh, who we are and what we do as we grow older. So maybe we need to retire the word retirement, I guess, is the, the point there. Can you talk about the next five or ten years. What do you see? What, 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 what trends are going to uh, increase? What, what do you see as the overall arc of, of where we're going? I think uh, older aging, the aging phenomenon, will only become more visible uh, it will impact that much more strongly on the policies we th think about developing and legislating. Uh, programs will emphasize, I predict, uh, ways in which to ensure that older adults can remain in the community outside of institutional settings where they don't want to be in the first place. Uh, communities will mobilize increasingly and become more age-friendly and livable and their structures will reflect that, uh, such that older adults uh, will feel a, a part of uh, and, a, and a genuine member of those communities contributing as well as receiving supports. Uh, I think that, uh, and I think that technology will have a lot to do with what we see happening. Uh, the advancement at the R&D level, at the research and development level is, is is tremendous. Uh, it's happening at the University of Maine where uh, uh, engineering faculty and students and researchers day in and day out are engaged in developing uh, the kinds of technologies and, and uh, new products uh, that enable individuals uh, to stay mobile, to stay safe, and stay healthy. You said before you were a glass half full kind of guy, so that you don't have a fear about the future. You're optimistic about the future for Maine and, and the nation in terms of its aging? I am. We're an aging nation, but I think uh, the older adults of today have, have great capacity and great wisdom. I don't think they've been given the opportunity to give back, and I think we just need to enable them uh, and encourage them to do that, uh, and we'll reap the benefits. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. My pleasure. Thanks, as always, for joining us. We hope you'll consider subscribing to our podcast. 
you can do so on a number of platforms. iTunes Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd welcome your thoughts on this or any of our podcasts, which you can share with us at mainquestion at maine.edu. We'll catch you next time on The Main Question.